Hey, beautiful ones. I want to thank you for joining me again for another episode of Moving Mountains podcast here on the Anchor app. This app has made it really easy for me to be able to bring you what I hope is great information that can bring positive transformation and change to your life. If you haven't done so, make sure that you download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And I want to thank you again for tuning in with me, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, beautiful ones. I want to welcome you to Season 1, Episode 11 of Moving Mountains Podcast. Once again, I'm Trishina Barzar-Hunter. I am a certified transformational life coach with a master's degree in psychology, and I am here today with my good friend, my sister, Zakisha, to talk to you about a topic that I promised you was coming last week, which is sexuality. Today, we're going to talk about sexuality in a little bit of a different light, a bit of a different perspective. Um, as you're probably aware, it's October, it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and today we're going to be talking about some of the insecurities that happen with our sexuality and our women, our womanhood, but more specifically about the insecurities that we go through after we have been through a breast reconstruction surgery. My good friend and my sister, Zakisha has been through breast cancer. She's a survivor. She's one of the strongest women that I know. And I went through a breast reconstruction surgeries last year and it was very traumatic and I really couldn't have gotten through it had it not been for my sister here. So Zakisha, go ahead and introduce yourself. Well, first of all, thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. You just made me feel like a superstar. Um, but as Trishina mentioned, my name is Zakisha and I am a four year uh, breast cancer survivor. Now, I brought you on the show today because um, when I was researching and talking to people about what they wanted to hear when it came to sexuality, the topic that overwhelmingly came up was insecurities. Um, last year, I went through three breast reconstruction surgeries. Mm -hmm. And the first one wasn't really that bad. You know, you get the expanders and you've got this idea of how things are going to go. But the second surgery... When I finally came to, I woke up and I had no breast at all and was covered literally in cuts and scrapes and bleeding. It seemed like it was from my shoulders to my hips. And it was something very traumatizing. In fact, like that image was the only thing that I could see for two to three months. Yeah. And it was traumatizing. So I didn't have breast cancer, but. I know that you went through a pretty extensive breast reconstruction yourself due to breast cancer, actually. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Um, back in 2016, I was um, diagnosed with stage two breast cancer. Um, it was actually February 29th, 2016. So it was actually a, a leap year. And believe it or not, I was actually... Um, five months pregnant when I was diagnosed. And tell me a little bit more about that. How old is that child now? Um, 
my baby girl is four years old now. Um, her name is Zaya. And the meaning behind that is um, light. She was, you know, definitely my light um, during that, you know, that traumatic time. And um, she's great. She she just continues to <laughs> remain to be that light in, in our life. And um, it's, it's just such a blessing to be here and also to have my daughter here who went through chemo, um, a couple of surgeries with me. You know, she was in the womb while I had some procedures done and, and chemotherapy. So it's just a blessing to have um, such a miracle child here. I have been fortunate to meet Zaya and she really is light. She's this bright beam of light, no matter where she goes. It's such a <laughs> smart, witty, sweet young lady. And if I understand, this was your first daughter as well. So yes. Um, tell me if, you know, as much as you're comfortable, what the process was like going through the cancer treatment and then, you know, what it was like going through your breast reconstruction. Hmm. Well, I mean, I don't even know where to start. Um, Honestly, I was probably just really, really numb. Um, I mean, my feelings, they, they were everywhere, honestly. Um, uh, just to think of just sitting here thinking about it, it's just bringing back so many <clears throat> memories. Um, but let me say I am, I am very blessed and thankful that I'm still here. Um, so just to give you a little back history, um, I found out I was pregnant, you know, November 2015. Um, I was already two or three months along before I found out. Um, a couple months later, I found out I was having a girl. And then, you know, February 2016, I was diagnosed with the breast cancer. So everything just happened so, so fast. Um, you know, I really didn't have time to process, you know, much of the information, honestly. And, um, to make matters worse, two weeks later, I started, you know, my chemotherapy, my first uh, chemotherapy treatment. I had reached out to my best friend, you know, at this time, and uh, she was actually going through, you know, breast cancer treatments as well, and she was a stage four. Um, well, when I reached out to her um, and told her how my first chemo went, you know, we talked for a little bit, and she told me she loved me. And that next day, I got a call from her, her son, and she, and he told me that, you know, his mom had passed away. And so here I am, you know, five months pregnant with cancer, just lost my best friend due to the very disease that is threatening my life. And um, so, you know, that's why I said I was, I was just really numb. Um you know, I, I, of course, I had no choice but to continue on with life and uh, continue my fight with cancer. And so uh, one thing I can say is, you know, during my chemo treatments, I did not get as, I really didn't have any sickness, um, actually. Um, I know a lot of women, they go, you know, they have um, 
very bad um, side effects from, from chemotherapy where, you know, they're really fatigued or um, it causes um, individuals to vomit a lot and, you know, feel nauseous and, you know, things like that. And I can honestly say that um, I didn't have those side effects. And I really think that that was because my daughter, because I was pregnant and I just really felt like she protected me during that time. So, um, so chemo, I wouldn't say it was a breeze because it, it really was not a breeze, but I just didn't have the major side effects as other individuals, you know, face, um, with chemo. Um, you know, I did chemo for six months straight and then I moved to the breast reconstruction um, and this was in, I believe, August or September of 2016. I think that <clears throat> that um, was when I really realized, like, oh, my gosh, this is real. You know, I really do have cancer. I am getting ready to have my breast, which has been a part of me for 29 years, I'm getting ready to have these things removed. And um, that was very traumatic for me um, because honestly, as a woman, you know, I, I just felt like I was losing a part of, how do you say the word, Fem feminality. And um, th that was, that was a that was a really big deal for me at that point. So uh, everything went well with the surgery, but I, you know, I woke up and luckily they removed my breasts, all the tissues, you know, everything. And I was um, given breast suspenders immediately after my breasts were removed. So um, I, I think that was a, a really, I'm glad I made that decision because I, I don't know if I would have been able to, you know, see myself without, you know, any breast at all. So, um, but then again, you know, it's, it's just like, it's, it's still so hard to really put in words, but I can say that it was honestly a very, very traumatic experience um, to have these, you know, moving forward, you'll have these fake breasts, you'll have these fake implants. And, um, you know, not only that, you're you're losing your sensation. You you know you you have no feeling in that area in, any longer. And so it was it was a very very um, tough time in my life. You know, with that experience. I'm listening back to the things that you said. And granted, I've known you now for going on 14 years, give or take. Yeah. And you know, hearing you say that you got through the chemo because you were literally carrying light in your womb. Yes. is huge. And I, I've, I know your story. We've talked about it. We've been friends for some time, but hearing you say it right now still, you know, kind of, it brings tears to my eyes. Cause I remember when you lost your friend and what you were going through and, you know, my story, I didn't have um, breast cancer. I had an infection mm -hmm. that, caused me to completely lose my left breast and destroyed all the tissue on my right. And like yourself, I had the expanders, um, but 
because I had had so many infections and had gone into septic shock, I was not really a candidate for implants. Okay. So I had to go through a process that's called fat grafting. And so after they took the expanders out from, I mean, I was, when I look back and I can still see it very vividly now, I felt like um, I had stepped out of a horror movie mm -hmm. because I had cuts, I mean, all over my breast tissue, around my nipples, my stomach, my hips. And I, and I was literally, as I came home from the hospital, bleeding from, it felt like everywhere. And I was sent home from the hospital without really having an understanding of what I was going through or what I was going to expect. And I was home here with my oldest daughter when it came to. And I woke up and I didn't have breasts and I barely had nipples and I was covered in blood and cuts. And I, it was horrifying. It was literally like waking up in a horror movie. Yeah. And for months after, as I went through the fat grafting procedure, which takes three surgeries to go through because you, you, you have to do it gradually. My doctor could see the difference in my breast. Um, my daughter could see the difference in my breast. I couldn't. So no matter what changes occurred, no matter what healing occurred, when I looked in the mirror, even sometimes today, all I see is those cuts, that lack of having breast tissue, that looking like a horror movie. And mm -hmm. it's hard. Like um, for me, it's just been a year. And sometimes even now, it's hard to look at myself in the shower or in the mirror and, you know, when I'm getting dressed because I can still see what I saw when I woke up that day. And when I don't see that, I see nothing but the scars that are there, yeah. which are just hideous to me. And I'm listening to you talk and your situation has been about five years now. Um, when you look now, is it the same as what you were feeling before? How is it five years later? You know what? Honestly, it is still the same. It's it's just like the first day, you know, the first day I lost my breast. It it feels the exact same. And um to sort of piggyback off of what you were saying, you know, um even still when I when I look in the mirror, you know, all I see is, you know, fake breasts. Um it's it's just still, you know, sometimes it's just unreal. Um, but I can say that, honestly, I am still in the process of accepting this new reality for me, even though, you know, it's been since 2016. I'm still in the process of accepting this reality. Um, you know, um, I'll just give you an example um, you know, even when I, you know, go out with my girlfriends or, you know, we go out for cocktails, happy hour, what have you, um, you know, a lot of times I, you know, do get dressed up and looking kind of cute, you know, if I should say so myself. But anyway, um, you know, sometimes just depending on what I have on maybe a dress or things like that, you know, my my breast boobs are um, they're perky. And so a lot of people notice that. And, you know, I do get a lot of compliments. And, um, you know, I was speaking to one of my girlfriends and she was like, man, only if I could get fake boobs. Um, and she said something to the fact of um, at least you didn't have to pay for those. And, um, 
you know, I, I really took that offensive because people think that, you know, she got these boobs done for free. I wish I could do that, but they don't understand what came with that. You know, I had cancer. And so that's the reason why I had this reconstruction. It was not something that I wanted. It was something that was, you know, in my life that was supposed to happen. Um, so it's not something that, you know, I planned to happen. This is something that, you know, God had planned for me. And so sometimes, you know, that, that, you know, it is a little hurtful because people don't understand that, um, that, you know, these boobs were because of my cancer diagnosis and not because someone just wanted to have a breast enhancement done, if that makes sense. No, I, it makes, it makes perfect sense because in both of our cases, even though the reasoning wasn't the same, it wasn't elective surgery. You had breast cancer, so you had to do this. In my situation, um, I had an infection that was killing mm -hmm. in both of my breasts, um, literally killing me. I was in and out of the hospital. I was nine days in ICU. Um, right before I had septic shock, I was going into a coma here in my home. And I just thought that I had gotten a flu bug. Wow. And kind of like what you said, and I, I admit I'm getting a little chucked up over here. Um, people would say things to me like, you just need to be glad you're alive. Mm. You can't focus on what you lost or what's different. And, you know, why aren't you happy? You've got these brand new breasts. And for me, you know, I had to go through three surgeries and I had to go through a tummy tuck yeah. to recreate my breast because I couldn't do implants. Right. And I hear things like, well, shoot. I mean, you got, like you said, well, you got, you got that for free. You got a mommy makeover for free. You should be glad. Mm -hmm. You should be celebrating. And, you know, like you said, you know, they're perky, you know, I'm supposed to love them. They're supposed to be these great, beautiful new breasts and I'm supposed to be so proud of right. them. But it's like they were paid for in blood. It's a very good way to put it. Absolutely. And when they're paid for in blood, you know, it's, you know, kind of like blood money, you know, I'm not proud mm -hmm. of that. It's still hard when I get in the shower because every scar that I have reminds me yeah. of the hell that I went through. And mine's only a year out and I can still see it all like yesterday. And I'm talking to you and it's five years out and it still feels like yesterday. And we're surrounded by what seems like, and I don't want to use the word shallow, but it seems that way. Absolutely. Right? You just need to be grateful for what you've got. Be grateful for your beautiful daughter. Be grateful for your kids. Why are you complaining? You got new breasts. You got it. You got a mommy makeover. How how dare you complain? You got it for mm -hmm. free. But money couldn't take this away. Absolutely. I couldn't think of an amount of money that can take away the price that I had to pay mentally, emotionally, psychologically going through that. Mm -hmm. And I imagine that's the same for Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, still to this day, there's really no words to describe. Honestly, sometimes I just can't put in words, you know, 
how it still affects my life, you know, to this day, even being, you know, years out. And it's funny because, um, you know, you said a few moments ago that you get dressed up, you go out and this, that, and the other, and you get all these compliments. And for me, I literally didn't leave the house for eight weeks. I was ashamed. I didn't want to be seen. And like, even now, when I get dressed, I'm very self-conscious. I'm self-conscious about what somebody thinks I should be proud of. And for. Yeah. Um, because it's like war wounds. Absolutely. Um, intimately, I don't like them to be seen. Turn the lights mm -hmm. off. Don't look at this. This is ugly. None of this is pretty. Right. And it makes it really hard. You want to like yourself. You want to love yourself the way you're supposed to, right? Yeah. And then every day you have these reminders. Yep. Whether they're implants, you know, or scars, the reminders, they don't go away. And I mean, I have to hope for both of our sakes that they get easier with time. But as of right now, about 14 months out for me, five years for you, it doesn't seem like that's the case. It hurts. Like Absolutely. Hell. I will say it, you know, it, I mean, it doesn't get easier. You just really learn to accept it and deal with it, you know, and just look at it honestly in a different perspective. Um, it, you know, it is a blessing that we are both still here, um, here to be able to still care for our small children. Um, you know, these kids depend on us. You know what I mean? So um, even though we have the constant reminders, you know, when we look in a mirror and, uh, you know, we, we see these, you know, we see these breast implants or what have you. And uh, it's just something that we have to learn to, I guess, to grow to love. Um, but what I've learned is that um just to be grateful also, because I'm still here with my kids. I have a 16-year-old, an 11-year-old, and a 4-year-old, you know. And um, I just, honestly, I feed off their energy. They really, really keep me going. Um, you know, days when I thought that I just wanted to give up, give up this fight, um, I, I couldn't. I had to remember that if something happens to me, Who's going to be able to take care of my children and provide for them the way that I would? No one, you know? And so we always have to remember the picture is bigger than ourselves. We have children that depend on us. And so that's what I always, always try to remind myself of. I have to say, I know you as a mother and as a friend, and you do that so well. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, you spend so much time with your children, and they're such amazing kids. And, you know, one thing you said there is, like, sometimes you just want to give up. You just, I mean, for me, some, there are some times where I'm like, you know, if I could just, if I don't mm -hmm. wake up tomorrow, it's okay. Mm -hmm. um, it's not that bad. But you know, my girls, my girls are 17 and 10 and they've seen right. so much. They've seen mom go through so much. And 
even though I look at myself differently, my kids look at me and they see perfection. Yeah. That I don't see. You're their superhero. You know, they really look up to you. They adore you. They, you know, you're their everything. And so we just have to remember that we have to. All insecurities aside, um, you know, are, I, I know for a fact that your children are the ones that keep you going as well. Um, but that doesn't, like I said, change the fact that, you know, the insecurities are there and um, it's hard to deal with on a daily basis. You know, we put on a brave front. We rate, we're raising amazing children because I've met your kids and they're incredible. And I think my girls Absolutely, are Absolutely, awesome they are wonderful. And sometimes that brave front can be kind of exhausting. But, you know, sometimes because of how I shared my stories and I've tried to inspire others, I get pressured by inspiring the people outside of my home. But, you know, today you gave me a huge reminder that none of that matters outside of here. Because the people I'm supposed to be inspiring and being here, being there for are. Absolutely. My, my responsibility is to them. Um, I want to touch on this because it's what the podcast was kind uh -huh. of to be about. But we've talked about some really important things. For you, um, having gone through it, what has intimacy been like? What intimacy? Just kidding. What intimacy? <laughs> what intimacy? But that you know, it's funny, and I'm, and I'm gonna laugh with you because, like, you're like, I don't even want to look at this. It's it's, it's really different. It you know is, uh, oh my gosh, it's so different. Like, how do I explain it? Um, it's like being intimate with limitations and um you know it's not for everyone every you know um i i don't know it's 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 limitations on it now and something i'm learning to deal with and i'm honestly looking to find more ways or different ways to be intimate and so it I don't I don't know it's just really limited honestly intimacy with mm -hmm. limitations after brush reconstruction I mean I don't think you can you can say yeah. it better than that oh you know it's funny because you know we still have to go for checkups right we're still women we still have to take care of our bodies and our feminine, you know, checkups right. and things like that. Um, but for me, I look at my breasts now and I'm like, dude, I don't know you. <laughs> yes. Whatever was wrong with the breasts that were here before, they were here for 40 years. I knew right. that. I don't know you. <laughs> That's the best way to put it. I don't know your temperament. I don't know why you're acting like this. I don't know why you hurt. You <laughs> yes. know what I mean? I don't know why you got an attitude right now. Absolutely. <laughs> that is so true. You know, there's these strangers with me in the shower, and I'm like, mm -hmm. what do you want? <laughs> that is the best way to put it, Trish. The best way. 
it, you know, and then intimately, it's like, okay, well, I mean, how the hell am I going to introduce you to them? And I don't know them, man. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Absolutely. So it's, it's something different. I look at them. I'm trying to get to know you, but all yeah. I see is, dang, stabbing victim. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. So limitation. But yeah, intimacy with limitations. And even if it's not physical limitations, there's emotional and yeah. mental limitations. Yeah, Absolutely. This has been a great call. And Zakisha, I have to say that you are one of my heroes. Everybody always called me Wonder Woman, but people didn't know that I was calling you like, um, what the hell am I supposed to do with this? And if I can let you know, In you, you definitely are my superhero, honestly. Uh, you know how how I feel about you. And I just <clears throat> thank God that, you know, we are both here to still be able to support one another because, you know, this is, it is a journey, you know, it's definitely not a walk in a park. It's, it's a marathon that we have here. And, um, and I just thank you for being my support system, you know, through it all. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I just, I really wanted to, to let you know that um, I admire your strength. I admire everything about you and just thank you so much for always supporting me. Well, you are welcome because you have definitely done the same thing for me. You know, we've both been through a lot of stuff, a whole lot. And it was during the same right. time frame, um, oddly enough. And, you know, nobody will ever know how many calls we had in the middle of the night uh -huh. just to get through the night. Absolutely. But um, if you had to leave one piece of information about intimacies, insecurities about your body or sexuality um, for women out there, whether it's because of breast cancer or anything what would you leave what would you tell someone hmm, that's a really good question i i would honestly say um that we know our body so if something doesn't seem right to you you know speak with the professional get in you know get it checked out because we're not immune to anything. Anything can happen to any one of us. You know, whoever would have thought that at 29, I would be pregnant with cancer. And so um, it is October's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, ladies, please make sure you get in and get checked. Um, this stuff is really real. Um, listen to your body, know your body. And just make sure that you're taking good care of yourselves. I think that's perfectly stated. And I'm going to add to that because especially as black women, we don't always listen to our bodies because we're kind of taught that we're supposed to just keep pushing forward. Mm -hmm. don't, be a punk, don't cry about it. And while my situation wasn't cancer, I ignored my body. And my breasts were bright red and 
had yellow yeah. pus coming out of them. And I thought that I just had some kind of viral infection. My temperature was 104. Wow. And, and my now 10-year-old daughter tells me that back then she kept trying to wake me up and I wouldn't wake up. Wow. I never knew that, Trish. And I was, when I think back on it now and I listen to her talk about it, and she talks about it very vividly and still cries. Um, I had pushed through so much that, you know, I figured that I had just worn myself down and got right. myself sick. For, from, I believe it was from Friday until Monday. My temperature was 104. My youngest daughter back then, this was 2017, could not wake me up. And my oldest daughter, thinking I had overdone it, kept saying, mommy just needs a rest. Let her sleep. Mm. But I wasn't mm. waking up. Wow. And um, the next day, which was a Monday, I went to pick up my medication from the pharmacy. And my pharmacist, who knows me well, because I've been sick for a while, she said, you look like shit. <laughs> and I really think you need to go to the ER. I gave you antibiotics a week ago and you look wow. like hell. And I ended up going to the ER and they said that had I gotten there 30 minutes later, I would have been in a septic coma. Wow. And the only person that saw it coming was my then Your daughter. Wow. And so when you say, yeah, go get it checked out, um, to my women, I know that you work really hard. You're taking care of kids. Most of, them, most of us have jobs and other things that we're doing, responsibilities, groups you belong to. And especially to my Black women. Don't keep pushing through. Don't keep pretending the pain's not there or you're just too tired or maybe you didn't eat or maybe it's stress. Don't get that shit checked out. In Zakisha's case, it was breast cancer. For me, I, my, my organs were shutting down. I was going into a septic coma. I was on the verge of leaving my children. So, um, in wrapping up, get your mammograms. Get your primary care doctor that you trust. So when something doesn't feel right with your body, you know your body. Go get it checked Absolutely. out. Because you deserve to be well. You deserve to feel well. Is there anything that you'd like to add? To no, I think we covered it all. Awesome. And I, I appreciate you so much for being on this call with me. I know that sharing your story wasn't easy, but we have, we've been through so much together and it's such a blessing to share this with you. Yeah. Um, for those of you listening, um, this is my good friend, Zakisha. She's a breast cancer survivor. And again, I'm Trishina Barzar-Hunter and this is uh, Moving Mountains podcast. As always, you can reach me on social media, both on Facebook and Instagram. The handles for both of those platforms is at Moving Mountains Coach. My website is www.moving.com 
movingthemountains.net. If you would like to schedule a one-on-one discovery call with me, I would be honored to have you. You can certainly book that on my website or reach out to me on any social media platform. I am happy to spend some time with you answering questions and seeing how I can help you move mountains in your life. Having Zakisha on this call today, my very good friend and my sister, who I've been through a tremendous amount of trials with and survived a lot with, has been absolutely an honor, a gift, and a blessing. And I'm so grateful for her being willing to share her journey with me and with all of you. Remember, every mountain can be moved as long as you are willing to take the first step. Thank you again for your time and for listening in.